God has a plan. He can do something out of the wreck that you might be looking at calling it. This is my life and it's a mess. Welcome back to Faith and Culture. We have been visiting with a good friend of mine, Gil Burnett, and uh, we've been discussing our identity in Christ. And uh, Gil, what would you say to the many Christians who have basically settled into a rhythm of, well, what God wants from me is to just, you know, live a good life, church, raise my family, and, you know, just the, 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 the whole idea of, you know, just be that good little Christian person that I'm supposed to be, and then I'll go to heaven when it's all said and done. What would you say? You know, the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, what's my motive? Because God dealt with me about that. I remember it well, going out the door to work, He'd say, now, what's your motive? What's the motive? What's the motive? And, and I, I depend on, on the blood of Jesus for my righteousness. So my good works, my good works uh, as far as maintaining my, my, my image, God's already paid for that. But, but he says we're more than conquerors. We're, we're to have a mindset that says, what can I do today to further the kingdom? Jesus said he came to defeat the works of the devil. Well, what am I going to do today to help defeat the works of the devil? Because it's all around us. And so that's the mentality. And, and I like to think of a kingdom mindset and a warrior spirit. You know, in other words, we, are, we, we really are in a continual battle with the forces of evil. And, and, and we need to be aware of that. It's not about just living in a little... Uh, gingerbread type house and everything just being rosy because that's not the way life is. Life, life is rough. It's got daily challenges in it. And uh, those are the tasks of, of the Christian is to, is to be in a, uh, an offensive mode of trying to help destroy the works of the devil and bring peace, the fruits of the Spirit. It says peace and joy and happiness and love. And that's what we're to be about. And, and we're trying to, particularly in today's world, there's, there's all kind of opportunities to, sh to show peace and joy and love and happiness to somebody. It's not about just staying out of the ditch with your sinful life. There's more to life and serving God than just the don'ts. There's the do's. And see, I, I, I came out of the don'ts, but God wants to bless us in the do's. Yes. And so the Christian is pretty much trying to live a good Christian life is more than likely focused in on uh, don't do this, do this, and, you know, yeah, try to keep it between the ditches kind of thing until until my day when I stand before the Lord. But uh, John 10, 10 shines light in a totally different direction. And that's where we read that Christ came that we might have life more abundantly, yes. more abundantly. Yes. So, you know, more so than just keeping it between the ditches. Uh, the, you know, the reality of it is I'm alive, so I have life, right? Uh, I'm saved, I have eternal life. But it isn't until I understand that God has a plan, that I have an identity in Christ Jesus, 
that is not who I was, but who I am and who I am becoming, that I began to have uh, the abundant life. It's not until I realize that I'm like a box full of promises. All these promises that God wants to keep, we read about them. But until I realize these are my promises, God wants to keep these promises for me personally, that I began to go into an abundant type lifestyle where I say, wow, you know, there's more to this than just getting by. Yeah, you know, I think, how would we feel if someone walked up, knocked on the door, and it was God, and he says, I'd like to offer you a job. <laughs> would you like to work for me? You'd say, could I? You know, how? And and that's how I felt when, when I left uh, I left on disability, but then I've kind of felt like God came and said, hey, son, how would you like to work for me? And the abundant life that I think he's talking about is the relationship with him. That, that you know, uh, he told Abraham, I think he says, I am your great reward. The, the relationship that God offers us in, in saying, how would you like to come into my kingdom and let's be friends. And to think that I can have a friendship with God? I mean, really? <laughs> that I can be as close to Him as I will choose to be, as I will surrender to be. I mean, because that, that, that abundance, you know, so many people focus it on, you know, just an abundance in, in financial ways. But the abundance that God is offering you and me is an abundance of wisdom. You touched on that once before. It's an abundance of spiritual power and might. It's an abundance of joy and peace. I mean, his abundance is every aspect of my life. And he's like, you draw closer to me, I'll draw closer to you. And when we get here, you're going to find all this that has has always been there for you, and now you're access you have access to it. And he says, and no one can take it away. Yes, no one can take it away. <laughs> it's, it's an eternal, an eternal relationship. And sometimes this nasty here and now gets discouraging. But 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 the mature mind says, yeah, but this is temporary. I have an eternal assignment waiting on me when this is over with. And and I think that's 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 the plan. That that as that is the abundant relationship that he's talking about. And the thing is, is is in this nasty here and now, um, this is where he's wanting to manifest his greatness. Okay, I mean, he, everybody up there knows how great he is. They all bow and worship him. Down here is where his kingdom needs to manifest so that people can see. And so, you know, when I began to understand that what God wants me to, he wants me to walk in the spirit. He wants me to have the mind of Christ. He wants me to be able to love unconditionally, which means loving those that that uh, have ill toward me or that are would be considered an enemy. Uh, he wants me to be able to speak life and truth over the world's lies. I mean, there is there is this, let's call it a package. There's this huge package that God has for those that are saved. And yet, most people in the salvation, after they receive salvation, that's pretty much they just stay right there in the basement and never go up into where all the things that are there. 
because that's all they hear. They hear the gospel of salvation. But you're talking about the gospel of the kingdom, the gospel of that real relationship that covers, covers all of life. Which brings me to a point. I have always marveled at how the children of Israel, when they got to the edge of the promised land, the land God promised them. Yeah. And they balked. Yes. And because they balked, they didn't go in. They never got it. That can be us. We, we could be a Christian and we could go to heaven, but we could never know the promised land. We could never know all that God has intended for us because we're never seeking his kingdom over our own desires and our own wants. Huge thing that, that, that concerns me. Um, the kingdom of God, we enter into it by faith. But once we enter into it, there's all this other stuff attainable by faith. Yes, yes. And, and, and yet we seem to limit our faith to, I believe that Jesus died for me. He loves me, uh, that, that, you know, he wants me to be with him forever in, in heaven. We have that kind of faith. And yet that's, that same faith that got you there will get you here. But it, it's going to come by this because this is going to build the faith. It's going to get you there. And he said, according to your faith, be it unto you. I mean, he said, he said nothing is impossible for those that believe. It, it really puts the burden on us to say, okay, now what is it that I'm supposed to believe? What does God want me to believe? And that's the value of reading the book. Amen. <laughs> Bringing this sort of a full circle here, would it be safe in saying that if, if you had not changed how you saw God and understood how God saw you, that probably what we're talking about, you know, Pursuing your purpose, fulfilling your destiny in Christ. Those things never would have happened, would they? Yeah. The big difference is, is that we we approach God is that we want God to help us with our projects. The difference is, is we're saying, God, what do you want me to do for you? I want to be working on your projects. And that's the difference in the relationship. Now, it may, it may still take care of your financial needs. It still may take care of your family and all that. But the, but the question is, your mindset about who you are and what you're trying to accomplish, because you're saying, Lord, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. What do you want me to do? Or am I doing what you want now? Am I doing it satisfactorily? You know, David said, Lord, search my heart. See, see if there's anything in here that isn't right. And that's a continual, a continual job. But the question is, I'm asking God to let me protect, uh, participate in his program, not him try to help me with mine. Okay. But back to the question. You didn't know any of that. No. Until you begin to know the Lord and begin to see yourself as the Lord began to see, as the Lord has always seen you. Yeah. I mean, because you, you have this progression you always like to talk about. Identity, purpose, destiny. So identity is, is really the first thing before I ever 
understand my purpose. We have to see ourselves as worthy to work on his projects. We have to see ourselves as in that relationship of being a son. Um, uh, we can't see ourselves as, you know, God's, God's after me, God's chasing me, I'm in trouble, you know. We may be in trouble, but the question is, <laughs> deal with it and get get cleaned up so that you can then participate in that relationship with God, where you know you have His favor, because that's what we're seeking. We want the favor of God, uh, not just His forgiveness. I want an attaboy. I, I want to know that He is is smiling on what I'm doing for Him, because that's my that's our nature. We want to please the boss. Uh, I agree. We we want to please him. <clears throat> um, so we focused on uh, our identity in Christ leads to us to understanding our purpose. And then once we find our purpose in Christ, we begin to realize that we have a destiny. Okay. Um, earlier we were talking about uh, in Jeremiah, I know the plans that I have for you. Right. Uh, Won't you elaborate on the plans as you see it? Well, God has a plan, and it's it's different for everybody. Every everybody has a little bit different plan, but I think I think the way to know our plan is to look at what your talents and your gifts are. I think we come into this world prepared by God for the work that he has for us to do. David said, you knew me way before the world was even put together. So we come pre-programmed. The challenge is is to figure out what is it that God has really equipped me to do that'll be of the most service to people and, and what's on my heart. And, and I think that's, that's the challenge that, that we have, and that's where we find happiness. We've, we find that relationship with God because we're doing, that's, that's the way it is in my life. I, I feel so good when I'm doing what God really equipped me to do. Yes, I agree. Um, one of the things that I think might be encouraging for those that are listening here, you know, when when Jeremiah spoke those words, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, to give you hope, future. Um, a lot of people, a lot of Christians will have that scripture, and uh, they'll be so excited about, you know, this is what the, the plan of the Lord is. It's it's to give me a, a success and and a and a hope and and a great future and all that kind of stuff, but. Um, when you keep it in the context of, of how it was spoken, it it has a greater power message. And and you know, when when God gave those words to Jeremiah and he spoke them, he was not talking to, you know, like like a preacher preaching on a Sunday morning to a congregation and saying, I know the plans, God has good plans for you. He's got a hope and a future and success and all that kind of stuff. No, he was actually speaking to the people that were in one of the lowest states they'd ever been in. They had been removed. They, they had been literally like cast out, and they were scattered, and they were no longer in the land of promise. They were no longer uh, had the temple to worship, and they, they, they were in their worst condition. And God spoke a word to them and said, you know, I have a plan. And and then the details of the plan. Yeah, I see you want to say something. Well, I, I was thinking about that verse. When God says a future, He doesn't mean next week. He means He might even mean into eternity. I I have a destiny plan for you. I have 
I have a future for you that you wouldn't even believe. It's beyond what you could even imagine. Matter of fact, that's what the Bible says. It's beyond anything you can ask or think. I have a plan for you. It's a good plan. I have a destiny. Uh, trust me. Yes. Trust me. I've had I've had the Holy Spirit ask, "Do you trust me with your life? Are you do you really trust me?" And God wants us to trust Him with our destiny, with our life. Yes. Um, so maybe you're at a place and you're like, uh, "This all sounds good." But uh, I want you to remove whatever doubt and question you may have concerning whether or not God's got a plan for you. Uh, you cannot have messed up so bad that the plan is made null. The children of Israel had messed up as bad as it could be, and yet God's word was, I got a plan. I can still, I, I can still do wonderful things in your life. And... Uh, that's an encouraging word for everybody. God has a plan. He can do something out of the wreck that you might be looking at, calling it, well, this is my life and it's a mess. But you have to make the first step. And that first step is you have to truly surrender and say, God, I want what you want more than I want my own will. Gil has elaborated on it. I can mess this thing all up. God's the only one that can fix the mess. God's the only one that can uh, make beauty for ashes. He's the only one that can, can turn things around. And he has a plan. And there's nothing that you have done at this point in your life that makes that plan impossible to happen. But you're going to have to take the word for what it says. You're going to have to put confidence and trust that what, what God said, he meant that he will fulfill that word for you if you believe it. And then God can begin to turn it around and he can help you begin to see how valuable you are to him, how priceless you are, how that there is something you can do for him that nobody else can do because you were created to do it. And then literally begin to not live in the expectations of what you want, but live with the mentality that you are on this earth to fulfill a destiny that God ordained. And then you apply yourself fully to it. And you know what you're going to find? You're going to find the abundance that God always intended for you to have. The abundance of his presence, his joy, his wisdom, his blessings, all there when you figure out who you are in Christ Jesus. You're not just a sinner that he died to save. You're a saint that he's perfecting for his kingdom. If you've been listening to this episode, uh, you have a destiny to fulfill. I pray that you begin to commit yourself to, to know what it is. Thank you for joining us. And uh, I'm Keith. This is Faith and Culture. Until the next episode, please like, share, subscribe. Thank you. God bless.